Hi there, we're your IP consultants. This is about to be highly indulgent. So sit back and unpack your anti-convulsants. And we'll tell you where to shove your Stanleys and Vulcans. We'll use this device for unsolicited advice. You didn't ask us for it, but you can't beat the price. We offer up our services from the U.S. to Sweden. We're your IP consultants, Vincent and Ian. Welcome to the IP Consultants Podcast, which is basically fantasy football, but with IP. And today, we're going to do a real fantasy football episode because we're doing fantasy draft picks for the Avengers. We promised ourselves that we wouldn't talk too much about Marvel because we've done a number of Marvel episodes, but they just dropped the trailer teaser thing and... It's on everybody's lips. So, so yeah, so the Avengers Endgame trailer just came out at the time that we're recording this. Obviously not by the time that you all are hearing this. It's currently in the three days that it has been out. As of the day it had been out, even uh, maybe the day after, it was the most watched, most downloaded trailer in the history of YouTube, even beating the previous trailer, even beating the Captain Marvel trailer that had just come out and previous other trailers that were really big this week. Also, we got a Captain Marvel trailer in the same week we got the Avengers Endgame trailer. We're supposed to get a Spider-Man Far From Home trailer soon. They prepared that at a, at a Comic-Con in Brazil that, you know, was exclusive to that Comic-Con and uh, should be hitting everybody else's screens uh, some point this week after we record this. So we're doing a draft pick because because of the Avengers business in in the world right now. Basically, what characters we'd like to see show up in Avengers movies, obviously beyond what we've already talked about with the Fantastic Four. And when we talked about the Fantastic Four, we also kind of were under the assumption that the Fox deal was finished. Apparently, that's not quite true, <laughs> but it's still like in negotiations, so it should be finishing soon, I guess. Yeah, it's pretty inevitable, yeah. probably. Yeah, pretty much. But Kevin Feige's looked at the uh, X-Men scripts and is <laughs> he's he's gone over the script for Dark Phoenix. So supposedly that might have more revisions because they are doing more reshoots for that before it comes out. We got the possibility of having X-Men characters and Fantastic Four characters and, you know, all these other characters in the Marvel universe come to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's basically what we're going to discuss today. Right. And I think we're probably under the assumption that a lot of the people who disappeared in the snap are probably going to come back. And a lot of the people who didn't disappear in the snap are probably going to go away because there's got to be a cost. Yeah. Because you don't bring that many people back from the dead without breaking a few eggs, as they say. I don't know if they're going to break all the eggs. No, probably not. We're probably going to see a bunch of characters written out. Some might die. Some might leave. Some might get trapped in the quantum realm. I don't know exactly what they're going to do, but I'm guessing it's going to be a big shakeup in terms of like what the lineup is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so we're probably going to have Peter back. We're probably going to have Black Panther, Black Panther back. Right. And so on. But we're probably also going to get new characters coming in. Yeah. Sooner or later. Uh, I think sooner than than later, because obviously on and at least one, we do know that Captain Marvel is a big element because Captain Marvel's coming out in March and 
and Avengers Endgame was supposed to come out in May, but they moved it up a week. So it is a month between Captain Marvel and Avengers 4. Captain Marvel comes out March 8th, and then Avengers Endgame comes out April 26th. So we get two Marvel movies a month apart from each other, which is insane. <laughs> uh, well, that is a little bit like the cluster that we had this year with uh, Ant-Man and Wasp and uh, Infinity War and kind of Deadpool-ish. Yeah, but having those movies, they at least had several months of separation. I mean, we're getting Spider-Man next year also, and that's going to be in June or July. I don't remember which. But right. having them a month apart is we've been getting three Marvel movies a year, past couple of years. Having them that close to releasing by each other, though, is super saturation. Not that I have anything wrong with that. <laughs> I'm excited for all of that because reasons. Yeah, I enjoy movies. <laughs> Right. I think maybe some people who listen to this podcast might realize that we enjoy watching films. So let's get to the heart of the matter. Let's get actually to our draft picks here. Who are you looking forward to joining the Avengers team? Not just I say not just the Avengers team, but let's just say the Marvel Cinematic Universe in general. Well, I think it would be wrong not to mention, even though I suspect there are major legal hindrances, blockages and obstacles to get past in order to make this happen. But I'm always going to say first and foremost, She-Hulk. I knew that was going to be your is pick. the number one <laughs> most important Marvel character. And I want to see She-Hulk <laughs> in the MCU. I don't care what it costs. Make it happen. <laughs> You've got money. Buy it back. I don't care how many hoops you got to jump through. Get She-Hulk in the MCU. Yeah, I uh, I had a feeling that was going to be your first pick. Having spoken with you before about characters that you'd like to see, She-Hulk has been very high on your list. Yes. Because She-Hulk is a Hulk character, I do know that the rights for that character and for the Hulk himself and everything else, uh, the reason we haven't seen a solo Hulk movie in a while, the rights are all tied up with Universal. Universal is allowing Marvel to use Hulk in the Avengers movies and obviously by proxy a Thor movie. But we probably won't see a solo Hulk movie for a while, we'd have to get the rights from Universal again. So it's, I don't know what their deal is. Yeah, that's the big mystery. Uh, I don't know the exact specificities of their deal. So yeah, so I don't know the, the legal specificities of the contract that Universal has with Marvel anymore, especially since they haven't done a Hulk movie in a while. But yeah, I absolutely would love to see Jennifer uh, She-Hulk show up in the MCU, especially someone that Hulk can kind of correlate to because of conditions. That would be really neat. So we've had in a previous Avengers movie, we've had Amadeus Cho's mother show up in the MCU. And Amadeus Cho is the current Incredible Hulk in the comic series. I thought he was the totally awesome Hulk or something. Well, he's the totally awesome Hulk. He's not the Incredible Hulk, but he's the current Hulk. He's, he's the non-banner Hulk that's currently in the Marvel Comics universe. The 616? The 616, exactly. It'd be interesting if they bring him into the movies. But as far as draft picks, considering that it just got cancelled and rumors are that it was cancelled by Marvel themselves and not by Netflix, I would love to see Daredevil show up in the MCU. I've loved the TV show, so please, let's keep Vincent D'Onofrio and Charlie Cox, because they are fantastic in the roles. But yeah, let's give Daredevil... I've loved the TV shows. I don't think Kevin Feige is interested in the TV shows. That's why they never brought the characters from the TV shows to the movies. That's why they never involved them in the big events like Infinity War. And that's why there's only that tenuous crossover. You know, the TV shows mention 
mention the uh, the event, the attack on New York from the Chitari, but you don't really hear too much about the events of the movies and the TV show, and you hear none of the events of the TV shows in the movies. Well, there were some connections between Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Age of Ultron. Some, but very, very tenuous. Yeah, it was kind of a loose connection and sort of yeah. not overt. Yeah, and a lot of those connections, it seemed like the television show was trying to make more than the movies were. The movies seemed very much not interested in making those connections, and from all reports, Kevin Feige is not interested in making those connections. But it would be nice if that were to change. Absolutely would. Because a lot of the shows have a lot of good stff going for them and it would be nice to see more intersharing i think a big reason why they're not so much sharing between each other is other than maybe personal grudges i think a big reason is the movies come out in all of the countries and the shows don't come out in all of the countries right so there's this assumption that if you show something from a show in a movie then some people from somewhere in the world might not get it but i think that's a bullshit excuse i think ultimately <laughs> I think you can take things from the shows, bring them over to the movies, and just have them be a part of the world without having to explain that, oh, there's a TV show where you could learn more about this. You don't have to, like, call attention to it. You can just have it be there, and it's fine. Yeah. So I, I totally agree. I think Daredevil would be a good pick, and I would extend that by saying, you know, why not have Quake show up somewhere as part of, like, a big situation? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We get a reformed shield in the movies, eventually, because, you know, I see it coming, and, you know, you've got Coulson and Quake back in S.H.I.E.L.D. proper and, uh, you know, various and sundry other characters from the TV show, but, you know, have them associated with the bigger picture. Netflix went and they canceled Defenders, then they canceled Iron Fist, then Luke Cage. Daredevil just had an amazing season three and then yet it was canceled. Jessica Jones has a third season that is supposed to come out. Punisher, I think, is in the middle of filming season two, and those are probably next on the chopping block. And some people were hoping that it was going to go to the Disney Plus streaming service, and immediately that was shut down. Yeah, that doesn't look like it's happening. It doesn't look like it's happening at all. And then now people are hoping it's going to go to Hulu because Hulu and Freeform uh, are running Disney shows. Hulu exclusively has the Runaways show and Freeform does Cloak and Dagger. But those are more teen centric. They're not quite as adult as the Netflix shows were. So that's probably not happening either. Hopefully this means that Marvel is holding on to those characters and hopefully the actors who portrayed those characters because they were all so very well cast and did so very well well uh, and are already in the uh, a large public awareness of who those characters are and who's playing those characters that hopefully just bring them over to the MCU proper. Yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the casting of really any character in the television side of Marvel. A lot of people might say that Danny Rand is a little too whiny. Yeah, true. But he's gotten more into the role. And but honestly, I don't have an issue with the actor. Yeah. Yeah, he's gotten more into the role and he's not necessarily a character I would bring over anyway. <laughs> True. I would be more inclined to bring over... Jessica Jones? Uh, well, yes, but... Oh, you mean Colleen Wing? Colleen Wing, yes, is who I was thinking of. Yeah, bring over the Daughters of the Dragon. They looked like they were setting up the Daughters of the Dragon with Colleen Wing and Misty Knight yeah. together, which would be great. For a while, I was kind of hoping Colleen Wing would become the Iron Fist and stay that way, and that would be the new Iron Fist, and that would be the new paradigm, and I, I was hoping that was going to happen, but then, you know, they took it in a slightly different direction, but still, it's... There, there's stuff there. Yeah. But given that we're getting Captain Marvel uh, and given that she's going to be like the I'm assuming she's going to be basically their Superman. <laughs> she's going to be like part of the holy trinity of Marvel. The trinity of Marvel is now going to be instead of instead of being Iron Man and Captain America and Thor. Thor. Yeah, it's likely Thor. Thor might stick around for a little longer. I think so. But I think we're probably going 
gonna get the new trinity is probably gonna be Captain Marvel, Spider-Man, and Black Panther. Yeah. And I think because we're getting Captain Marvel, I think Ms. Marvel is a character I would like to see. The Kamala Khan version, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I think Kamala Khan would be very suited to a Disney Plus miniseries. Oh, yeah. And then show up in an Avengers movie. Oh, absolutely. I think that's an excellent pick for a character. And I think Kamala Khan, as she's written in the comics, would be a good foil for Spider-Man the way he's written in the movies. They're probably about the same age. They're both in high school and they both are very green as superheroes and also very eager as superheroes fans of the other characters. So, although you know. <laughs> he is growing up quick, so there's going to be that he thing is of like up quick. he's becoming the young adult and she's going to be the new kid. Like she's yeah, stepping exactly. into his kind of role as he steps you know, into I, the more mature role. I think that's a exactly reasonable. But having approach. that enthusiasm carry over, having somebody be that enthusiastic is always kind of welcome, yeah. I think. Uh, I really enjoyed that from his character. And so it'll be nice to see that brought in again. You know, he can even comment on like, oh, yeah, I remember. I know exactly how she feels. I was exactly like that when I met these folks. So, yeah. Yeah. And that would be an interesting um, dynamic because she'd be like the new kid and he'd be like looking ex- at her like exactly. that's that's me a couple years ago. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, Kamala Khan. And also, you know, it's hashtag representation matters. It's nice to, you know, we'll have some more characters that other people can see and say you know see themselves in yeah uh so that's always important too speaking on that you know there's always the rumor that we're gonna lose chris evans's captain america either in this movie or soon because i think his contract is up soonish and there have been the questions as to whether or not Bucky or Falcon will step into the role of Captain America, as both have done in the comics. I have an opinion about that. I'm sure you do. Uh, <laughs> there's been the rumor of John Cena wanting to take the role of Captain America. No. <laughs> which is a thing. Honestly, though, if they're going to bring Cena in, let's have him play U.S. agent. Okay. Have Cena play U.S. agent. Have him be somebody who is Captain America light, but not quite stable. You know, almost. I haven't really seen John Cena in any notable roles. (laughs) Is he up to the level of Marvel acting? I don't know if he's quite up to the level of Marvel acting. I think at most Cena would be a a cameo. (laughs) Right. But he's shown that he has at least comedic chops. I saw Trainwreck and he plays a a small role in that and was actually really damn funny. But beyond that, I haven't seen much of his other film work. I never saw The Marine. I never saw, what was it it called? 18 18 rounds, 16 rounds, whatever it was called. And at the time of this uh, recording, Bumblebee is not yet out. Uh, Yeah, exactly. So uh, I haven't seen him in that yet, but he's chomping at the bit for that. U.S. Agent is an interesting character, but also we've had glimpses of Nuke in the Jessica Jones TV series, who is also kind of supposed to be part of the Super Soldier program and maybe some kind of character like that being brought in but but nukes too unstable but that would also be a good role for cena i think Mm. but we've got these characters that they're thinking of replacing that a lot of people are thinking are going to be replaced because they've been in 10 years of films they've been in so many of the mcu i was specifically bringing this up not for the captain america angle but actually for the iron man angle because 
Iron Man is another rumor that's on the way out. Let's bring in Riri Williams. Let's bring in Ironheart. I haven't read anything with Riri Williams, so I can't really express an opinion on that. Other than the whole idea of replacing characters with new characters in the same name, it is kind of, there's a thin ice element to it. Oh, absolutely. Especially with, I want to say Captain America, because the reason why I like Captain America is because Steve Rogers is an interesting character with an interesting point of view. Exactly. And replacing him with someone else who's just Captain America in name only, to me, doesn't mean I don't have any attachment to that idea. Sure. Because the idea of Captain America isn't about the name Captain America. I'm not American. Most of the world, most of the audience isn't American and doesn't (laughs) care about a character for the sake of being named Captain America. There's no emotional attachment to that name. Sure. Other than to Americans. Sure. So the idea of someone else being Captain America when already it was a hurdle for Steve Rogers to win the world over on his side because of that, it's going to be really hard for anyone else to step into the role of Captain America. Agreed. Agreed. And gain the same sort of respect that Steve Rogers, the character, has earned by being just a great guy who makes admirable choices. And I think if you're gonna replace characters like Captain America, you don't replace them with another character who's named Captain America. You bring another character up to the level of Captain America. Sure, sure. You go, if you have Falcon and Bucky, you go, this is Falcon, here's why Falcon is awesome. This is Bucky. Here's why Bucky is awesome. You don't go, this is Bucky. You already love Bucky. Now he's Captain America. You go, this is Bucky. He's Bucky. <laughs> Let's Bucky. You know? Yeah, yeah. In the comics, the Winter Soldier, Bucky filled in for Captain America for a while, but, you know, then he was the Winter Soldier. And then the Winter Soldier is his own character. He's his own superhero now. More of a spy than a superhero, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, the Winter Soldier remains, you know, he was capped for a little bit, but he, he sort of is just the Winter Soldier. Right. And he's gotten the brainwashing out of him, as it were. Right. I agree with that sentiment. So, because the character of Ironheart is doing moderately well in the Marvel Comics universe and just got her own series, but we already have a female technical genius in the MCU. I was gonna bring up Shuri. Yeah, you know, like, maybe make, instead of it making it Riri Williams, making Shuri be Ironheart. Or instead of just making Shuri Ironheart, make Shuri Shuri. Let Shuri be as great as... Yeah, Shuri's got her own series, too, in the comics that just started, too, so... <laughs> yeah, let Shuri build her own identity instead of taking on some sort of derivative identity, because we're already hopefully gonna get Ms. Marvel, who is a derivative identity. But won't be in the but it won't be in the MCU because Captain Marvel was never Ms. Marvel, so it'll still be a reference to Captain Marvel if she takes on the name of Ms. Marvel. Sure. So the idea of having a character take on the name of another character, that's an interesting idea with that character specifically because of who she is. She loves superheroes. She is a big fan of Captain Marvel, so she takes on the name of Ms. Marvel. That makes sense. It's kinda like this sort of Batgirl thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Of like walking in the footsteps for reasons that make sense within the story. And with regard to Shuri, I don't see Shuri going, well, I'm going to be Iron Man now. Like, <laughs> that doesn't make sense from her character's point of view. Well, no, no, no. I'm not saying that's like a decision like that. But I'm saying, you know, letting them be their own hero. It's a Black Panther influenced Iron character, you know, is <laughs> just a possibility, I'm saying. I'm not saying that these are the definite derivatives of that. Yeah. Vibranium heart. Yeah. <laughs> 
That sounds like an album from some emo band. <laughs> it does, yeah. Vibranium Heart. <laughs> the new Panic of the Disco album, Vibranium Heart. <laughs> yeah, so I think the new tech bros are going to be Shuri and Peter. I think that's going to be... Oh, absolutely. I, they're going to be working closely together, creating tech. They together are going to be the new Tony Stark, in a sense. The new science bros. Not in the sense of being an alcoholic... Narcissist. ...who makes a ton of terrible decisions. Although, Peter has been known to make some pretty terrible decisions. Yes, yes. But there's definitely a lot of fan head canon that says that Shuri and Parker will be the Science Bros 2.0. Yeah, so that makes sense. It does, it does. So, okay, so those two picks that I just spit out, not great picks, but definitely ideas that I know people are interested in seeing. Maybe they those are paths that they shouldn't develop. You know, exactly like you're saying, Captain America is not just a name that should be carried over. Iron Man is not just a name that should be carried over because we've got such history with the people who played that character. Right. Meaning Tony Stark and Steve Rogers, not just the actors who portrayed them. In that instance, what are some characters that you would put in since I just said two randomly? <laughs> Swamp Gwen. Swamp Gwen. <laughs> No, no, no. Let's actually be serious about this. Well, I'm, and I know you're you're moderately serious about it anyway. Well, I am sort of joking, but I do think that an alternate Gwen eventually would be a good addition to the Avengers. I think at some point, I'm not saying like next week. Once things have gotten to a certain point, it would make sense if they do the Gwenverse thing. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, go listen to episode three. <laughs> that one Gwen, whether it's Spider Gwen or Gwenpool or. Just just one particularly interesting Gwen ends up on the Avengers. I would like to see that because it's it's kind of weird, but at the same time, it makes sense if you do the whole Gwenverse thing, because you're going to end up with one Gwen ending up in the MCU anyway at the end of the day. So sidebar on that. I don't know if you'd heard, but because the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse animated movie is coming out soon, they're already talking about how they're going to maybe spin off from that because it's already the movie's not even out yet. It's screened this weekend in select areas. It had been getting already, it's already 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, so they're talking about spinning off and having Gwen Stacy have her own movie and possibly, you know, a series of things. And I was, I kind of wondered, you know, maybe if Sony listened to episode three of our podcast. Because, <laughs> like, it, not a lot of people did. Not a lot of people did, but it could have been one of, they could have been one of them. But, uh, no, I'm, I know that probably did not happen. But, <laughs> but I thought it was interesting that the article came out and I was like, oh yeah, gee, well, that, that sounds like exactly what we were discussing. Shortly after we did our Back to the Future episode, other people were talking about, oh yeah, people are thinking they should do a reboot of Back to the Future. And I'm like, nobody thinks that. <laughs> we already said, don't do that. And everybody who replied to the tweets of those articles said, no, don't. So <laughs> I just think it's funny that we're kind of being in pace with a lot of the pop culture stuff that's happening. So yeah, little sidebar there. Sorry. We've got our thumb on the pulse of the zeitgeist. Yes, zeitgeist. I like that word. Anyway, so yeah, I, I agree. A Gwen character is probably an eventuality for the series, whether it be. I mean, obviously, I think they should introduce current continuity Gwen Stacy for Peter before they get into alternate universe Gwens, just so that they have the correlation. But having a hero version of Gwen be at Gwenpool or Spider Gwen is definitely an interesting idea. And I I think could do very well. What's another one? Since I did two. There are certain threads that I keep wanting to slip back into, but I kind of think that the Ghost Rider would work. Not necessarily as a member of the Avengers, but as a character they interact with. Yeah, yeah. Because we've seen the Ghost Rider, the, the, not the, the, well, we've seen a little bit of Johnny Blaze in the MCU in flashbacks, but we saw the shoulder of Johnny Blaze. <laughs> well, 
Well, we, we saw the face of Johnny Blaze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On fire. But but yeah, we, we've seen primarily Robbie Reyes. Robbie Reyes, yeah. In uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I think he's really good. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's an excellent character. And I think the way they brought him to life in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season, one of the best seasons they'd done, honestly. Honestly, I think they've done a lot of good stuff on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And that show is underappreciated. I agree. I love the show. I, I love the show. I agree. I think the show is underappreciated. And yeah, that season was a really strong season. It was a season done in a few pods and each pod was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first half of season four was the Ghost Rider season and then the second half was the Darkhold season. And just as a season as a whole, the entirety of season four was super solid all the way through. Yeah. And I really dug it. Some of the best storytelling in the MCU, honestly. Absolutely. And I, I, I 100% agree with that. So by the way, if you're sleeping on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., go see it. Yeah, a lot of people gave up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the first season because they took so long to sort of reveal the big conspiracy. But once you get to when the show really sort of turned and became a whole different thing, the whole thing where at first it seems like a procedural, that goes away. It's never a procedural again after like halfway through season one. The last quarter of the season was when the show exploded and then it just kept getting better with each season pretty much. And it has stayed consistently just one of the best written comic book shows on television. So bringing over Robbie Reyes from that, I agree. I think that's a great idea. I would add a definite interesting element to say a Doctor Strange movie or something like that. Yeah, exactly. You could even do like a team up movie with Doctor Strange and Robbie Reyes on like a, an adventure. <laughs> oh yeah, no, absolutely. I think that would be super cool. You know, a little Marvel team up. Uh, <laughs> I think in the bigger cosmic scope that we're getting into with the MCU since we're going off world a lot more and going into space and the character has been hinted at, but we haven't seen much development for it. And a lot of people are hoping to see him in Avengers Endgame, even though they have stated he won't show up in it, is Adam Warlock. Yeah, I could see that being interesting because I think it's pretty inevitable that Adam Warlock is going to show up. Oh, yeah. In some form because of they've set him up twice in in two separate movies. Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Yeah. And then ignored the first one because oh we did it wrong let's do it again exactly yeah yeah you see his pod but oh it was it was just a pod yeah it wasn't his pod yeah and then there was the proper pod and they put him in the end of of guardians too but that was because james gunn was going to be revealing that character they said they're keeping the script to guardians 3 but not having gunn direct it but we don't know how much of that is true now because you know they let gunn go and the infinity gauntlet infinity war storylines hinge so much on warlock influence. His story is very connected to Thanos's, so I think that's a character that probably should be brought in with Endgame. We don't know if it's actually going to happen or not. Right. But I think definitely we've teased that character enough. Let's do something with him and bring him into the MCU proper. We may not see him because the status of Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is up in the air. It's all but officially canceled. They're not in production anymore. Right. So we don't know what the status of that is going to be. Right. But saying with some of the characters that they've introduced in the other movies James Gunn's not really involved anymore they're likely not going to hire him back despite the fact that they should so those characters may be pulled to other things you know which means Adam Warlock who was introduced sort of in the end of Guardians 2 will likely show up in something else now, now that Gunn is no longer involved. Little sidebar on that, would be really nice to see Howard the Duck show up too. But <laughs> Yeah, I, I was actually going to mention Howard the Duck next because... <laughs> I, I, I do that as a segue for you. I think Howard the Duck on the Avengers would be 
interesting because I think he wouldn't be part of like the core team, but he would be at the mansion <laughs> sort of trying to get involved or trying to get out of the situation, just sort of swapping between those two modes of like, I I, I want to help. And then being like, I don't want to help. <laughs> I, I think there's something to do with Howard the Duck as a sort of comedic relief character who ends up being more useful than he or anyone else expected. So you're talking about bringing like actually making Howard the Duck an Avenger. I was just like saying, just bring him into the MCU. <laughs> I'm talking about having him be at the Avengers building. <laughs> Whether whether he's, hanging out, well, yeah, he's he should be like a not quite Avenger. Like he's there, he's maybe an employee of the company or whatever. Like he's he's doing work for them, but they kind of keep him at, at arm's length. Rocket just drops him off. He's like, hey, uh, I don't feel like dealing with this guy. Yeah, hang out with these guys for a while. <laughs> yeah, but like I could pitch you what I think the Howard the Duck movie should be. I don't know if we want to get into that in this episode, but I could. And She Hulk is in it, <laughs> of course. That's the tease. It's called Howard the Duck for legal reasons. So that should give you some hints as to the angle. That, that's perfect. We both kind of suggested Howard the Duck there. Yeah. Because uh, I, I kind of suggested that and it became a segue because it was at the tail end of my Adam Warlock. Yeah, and that's who I was thinking of. Because we've seen Howard the Duck in two different Guardians of the Galaxy movies now. Yeah, played by Seth Green. Voiced by Seth Green, yes. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think that's a good character to bring in. We've been talking about a lot of heroes for the MCU. There have been characters that have been introduced that never had any thread spin out of that. And I'm speaking about he was introduced at the end of the Incredible Hulk movie, Tim Blake Nelson's character Samuel Stearns. Mm. And Samuel Stearns in the comics is the leader in the Hulk comic. Right. They gave us his introduction. Emil Blonsky knocks him against the machine that was injecting him with the irradiated blood and the gamma irradiated blood. And it drips into an open gash on his head. And you see his head kind of bubble and expand a bit. And the leader has an enormous dome because he's got apparently such a giant brain. His head needed to get bigger. And he's got a gamut radiated brain, which makes him insanely smart. And we already know that Samuel Stearns is relatively smart in that movie. We get this introduction to what is supposed to be an eventual villain reveal because the leader is a common villain that shows up quite a lot in the Hulk comics. Let's bring that to fruition. You know, there's so many people who saw that 10 years ago and still want to see that character appear. But again, it's tied up in the whole legalities with Universal. But I still say that is something that let's finally answer that thread, you know? Yeah, if you manage to solve the universal situation, then I think it makes sense to dig into that. Yeah, and it could be not just a foil for The Incredible Hulk. I mean, that's the way you get around it is you bring it into Avengers movies, not just a Hulk movie. You don't do it just for a solo thing. You bring it as he's a foil for the team. Right. You know, because he's an intelligent character. He's a master planner and not the master planner. That's Doc Ock. That's a different thing. Uh, but, but he can strategize, but is also very powerful because of his gamma irradiated brain. And it's definitely a thing that could be or should be brought into the fold of the MCU larger. Right. And that has been teased before. A lot of the things that I'm bringing up now are things that we've had hints of that have not come to fruition yet. And we have a slate of movies from Marvel that don't have titles yet. We just have release dates. We don't even know what the movies are. And I think bringing those characters in finally after 10 years would probably be 
be a really good idea. Okay. I want to suggest Abigail Brand of the S.W.O.R.D. organization. Sort of the flip side to S.H.I.E.L.D.? Well, S.W.O.R.D. is the sort of space equivalent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Sure. They're the space-focused organization. They were introduced in Astonishing X-Men, created by Joss Whedon back in 2004. And a lot of people expected S.W.O.R.D. to show up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when they were sent to space. And there was kind of a sneaky little reference to S.W.O.R.D. without naming them. Right. There was like a little joke reference to Spear or something. Yeah. But it didn't go anywhere. But I would like to see S.W.O.R.D. show up. Because since we're going cosmic, I think it would make a lot of sense. And since the Fox deal is happening, I don't know if S.W.O.R.D. is kind of tied up in the whole X-Men thing because they were introduced in an X-Men comic. I don't think they are part of the X-Men franchise, even though they were introduced in X-Men. I think it's one of those either or situations. Kind of a gray area, yeah. Yeah, but I think it would be interesting to see S.W.O.R.D. and Agent Brand show up. I'm not as familiar with that character, so that definitely could be interesting. For listeners who may not realize, S.W.O.R.D. also is an acronym. Yeah. The same way that S.H.I.E.L.D. is. It stands for Sentient World Observation and Response Department. (laughs) I had just pulled that up as you said it. Yep. So it's a counterterrorism and intelligence agency. Its purpose is to deal with extraterrestrial threats to world security. Right. That absolutely could be something that could be introduced, probably because of the events of Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe this is when S.W.O.R.D. is founded. After all the stuff that's happened here and the stuff that's happened on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it seems like maybe, if not an offshoot of shield then it's something that gets created alongside shield as like a parallel thing yeah yeah i see that more happening on agents of shield than i do in the mcu proper but either introduction of it is a really good idea i like that yeah i mean i it's highly possible that they're gonna show up in like next season of shield it's not (laughs) it's not yeah something that i find unlikely to happen it seems like something they might be thinking about especially with all the space stuff happening and all the alien invasions and stuff there'd be like a response of some sort. Yeah. By the way, season six of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has not aired yet, but the show has been renewed for season seven as well. Yes. Season six will be shortened. It will be 13 episodes. Yeah. Basically a half season. Yeah. I don't think we've been told the episode order of season seven. We haven't heard the episode order of season seven. We have, however, noticed that Clark Gregg, Agent Coulson, is not on the cast list Mm. for season seven. So that is an interesting development, maybe. I'm not extremely surprised. Yeah. I'm a little saddened, but I'm not at all surprised. Well, yeah. Because he's a great part of the show. Um, Agreed. He's kind of the heart of the show in a, in a big way, but so are Fitzsimmons. Yes, exactly. So we've had rumors of them bringing previous movies characters in. There's been a lot of talk, air quotes around the word talk, with Wesley Snipes about bringing Blade into the MCU proper. And while that would be interesting... I think a character I'd like to see more is one that people had been pushing for a Netflix series of, Moon Knight. Yes. Now, I don't know a ton about Moon Knight. Moon Knight wasn't really a comic that I followed strongly, but I know enough about Moon Knight that I think it would be a really nice kick to the balls of the DC worlds of dc movie universe to have marvel do a better batman movie than dc could and moon knight is as close to batman as they get moon knight has some sort of mental disorder or something right yeah he's got a little bit of a mental disorder but i think also he's got that mystical element because of the whole egyptology influence i think it's definitely a good spin on what could be a nighttime avenger type and i don't mean avengers avenger i mean like nighttime 
vigilante in the way that Batman is, but with obviously a little bit more interesting character development. People always have the rumor or the idea that maybe Batman's a little unhinged. Moon Knight legitimately is. Mm. And this actually could also go into a discussion that you brought up on a previous episode about properly delving into mental disorders and the way they're portrayed in media. And I think that could be a good character to kind of do that well with. Yeah, especially with a hero as opposed to a villain, as is so often the case. Yeah, exactly. In fiction. I don't know really anything about Captain Britain or Captain UK, but I feel like I want to know more about Captain Britain or Captain UK. So I would like one of them to show up in an Avengers movie to help without going, here's the origin and here's, we just go, oh yeah, this British superhero showed up. Because I, I like the idea of just, there are superheroes in various countries. Yeah. We just don't hear about them. And one could just show up and be like, well, I heard you needed help. I heard there was trouble going on. I'm here. Yeah, just have Brian Braddock fly in out of, from overseas, just has him fly in and come help out out of the blue. That would be hilarious and awesome. I would love to see that. Yeah, because then instead of telling that character story from the beginning, and then they could go, okay, now let's do a Disney Plus series where we expand on this character's story and sort of tell what happened sure. leading up to this point. But I kind of like the idea of just introducing a character who's already in the world being an active superhero and just being kind of good at it and just sort of having it figured out and being like, oh yeah, I, I've heard about you guys, Avengers, you doing all the big stuff. You know, I thought I'd come and help out because, you know, I, I've, I've got not that much going on right now in the UK. Small country, you know. <laughs> so there's got to be some stuff in space. Yeah. I guess I'll help out. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And I think Captain Britain is kind of tied in to Fox mm. because of Excalibur. Mm. Because Excalibur is another sort of mutant X-team. And Nightcrawler was on the team. The shapeshifter Megan. Kitty Pride was also on Excalibur. So you had some American... Well, Nightcrawler's German. But you had some already established X-Men characters in Excalibur. Right, but the Fox situation is being resolved, presumably. It is being resolved, presumably. So I think that's definitely, but I think that would probably be part of the Marvel version of the X-Men films, which will be in the MCU, but I think that that's more the extension of that end rather than MCU proper. Although, you know, who's to say that's probably going to all get it folded in together eventually. Right. But I definitely like that as a character, just like showing up, you know, Captain America's beating on some alien and this guy lands and they're like wait who the hell are you you're not an alien clearly because you don't look like these guys that we're fighting but you're here are you friend or foe and it's like i'm captain britain and he's like wait a minute captain britain captain america do we does every country have a captain now is what's going on so <laughs> i think that would be it would be great just to introduce the character into that and yeah, have the realization that, yeah, not all the heroes in the world are just in America. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love that. So I think maybe outside of those, we're kind of stepping a little bit outside of the mainstream as far as characters that we'd really like to see in our draft picks, in our ideas of what we'd like to see for the future of the MCU, be they actual Avengers or just showing up in their own films in the MCU. We've hit on a lot of popular choices. Kamala Khan and Moon Knight's been requested a lot. Adam Warlock is people are chomping at the bit to see him. And we're kind of delving into the B-list and C-list characters a lot now. Well, that's part of the fun of it because, I mean, when the MCU started... I'm not saying that I'm not pooing that idea. I think that's a great idea. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Yeah, I think we've seen the MCU has the power to raise the profile of characters to become the big stars. Oh, absolutely. Simply by portraying 
them well. We've seen that with the Guardians of the Galaxy. We've seen that with Ant-Man. We've seen that with Iron Man, really, because before the Iron Man movie, the general public didn't really care about Iron Man. I kind of hated Iron Man. And then the <laughs> Iron Man movie came and it, uh, now I'm like, yeah, Iron Man, you know. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying that as a preface to probably the weirdest character I can think of, Sleepwalker. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a character I'm familiar with, at least as far as my memory goes. Sleepwalker is actually involved heavily in the current Marvel Comics Infinity Wars storyline. They're doing something with the Infinity Gems again, and there's been little offshoots of it. And Sleepwalker is a character that's kind of involved in that. Also, to a lesser extent, because I read comics voraciously in the 90s, Sleepwalker was a character that was introduced then, but also a character near and dear to my heart was introduced then dark hawk and i would love to see dark hawk show up in the movies but i think sleepwalker would be an interesting character to almost kind of bring a a lot of the mcu movies are genre shifts they're superhero movies but they're also you know ant-man is also a heist movie right you know winter soldier is also a thriller kind of an espionage movie let's you know bring a horror element into the marvel comics not so much with vampires like blade but like a little of the bizarre elements so sleepwalker could definitely be an entry into that. Hmm. I think that's an interesting idea, you know, and I love the character and I think it would be cool to see on screen. I was going to say, <laughs> as I was giving that introduction that you jumped in on, I was going to actually say Man-Thing, but then Sleepwalker entered my brain right as I opened my mouth <laughs> and Sleepwalker came out of my mouth instead of Man-Thing. <laughs> right. Man-Thing had a movie that went direct to TV and then direct to video. It didn't even make it to theaters. It wasn't part of the MCU proper. It is garbage, but I definitely think Man-Thing is a character at least that could be introduced in Doctor Strange and possibly also a little bit of the horror element in the MCU which is uh, something that Fox is trying with New Mutants apparently but we'll see if that movie actually ever comes out but yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm at this point just throwing out names of characters that I'd like to see uh, you know, Darkhawk, put Darkhawk on the screen because I love Darkhawk yeah, hey, my brain is becoming tapped and basically is what is uh, coming out now I had ideas before the show and now I'm like at the end of my rope of of characters going, well, I've always wanted to see this one. So I just spit out three characters at once. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I'm still trying to think of, of two. Uh... <laughs> And that's and that's my fault. I, I you know, but but I, I think you know if you're going for the cosmic universe, Darkhawk is a great character that brings the cosmic world, that brings the world of the space to like the street level justice of like Daredevil and stuff like that. So you know, having that be a dichotomy between both Earthbound hero and yet cosmic universe, Darkhawk would be a really cool character. I'd love to see that on screen, hmm. especially in the way that the later issues and the current issues brought Darkhawk back again into the Marvel Comics universe proper uh, like his ties to everything involved is really cool so I definitely would be wanting to see that on the big screen Sleepwalker is just an interesting character you know he's based in a human host and when the human host falls asleep the character comes out of his mind a lot of people because of the way Sleepwalker looks they think he's a villain but he's very ethereal and the way he influences and does things is very ethereal and the way he sees the right and wrong and the bad and good and things and gets involved with that 
that is just an interesting idea, I think, and would be a unique thing that the MCU doesn't really delve into. And of course, Man-Thing is just the cosmic version of Swamp Thing. Right. <laughs> and I think that's definitely something that should show up in a Doctor Strange-esque movie. Right. I was sort of sitting here thinking, and I thought of someone, and I forgot who I was thinking of, because I don't retain thoughts very easily. Um, so I was trying to chase that thought, and I just ended up somewhere else. And Fox and Disney are doing this weird merger things, and Deadpool exists in this kind of space where he could potentially step between universes in a way. But I feel like an interesting angle to take would be, instead of going, oh, look, it's Deadpool, you go, it's Copycat showing up in an Avengers movie. <laughs> Played by Morena Baccarin. I'm sorry to spoil this, but Vanessa from the Deadpool movies is a mutant named Copycat. Which they really should have done in the second Deadpool movie. Yeah, I would have preferred if they had done that. And they, I think they probably were thinking of doing that. And then they had another idea and they ended up going with that instead. Yeah. I think the future of that character is definitely to be Copycat. And I think a way to do that would be to just have her show up in an Avengers movie and not necessarily explain it. Just have her be a character in it. And it's like, oh, this is Marina Baccarin. She's a shapeshifter and she doesn't reveal her name. She's just sort of there because you have a character who looks some other way because she's a shapeshifter. And then, you know, she turns into Marina Baccarin, but, you know, blue. And you're like, wait, is that Marina Baccarin from Deadpool? Is she, she's she's in this now? And then later on in the next Deadpool or X-Force movie or whatever, we find out that, oh, that's the same character. Yeah, I don't think they should make her blue only because of the confusion with Mystique. But otherwise, I'm on board with all of that. <laughs> well, it is this idea of like, maybe blue is the color of shapeshifters. I don't know. That, there is that. But speaking of shapeshifters, another character I was thinking of while I was trying to think of the right characters, Ditto. Ditto... I remember from the dance lot run on She-Hulk, which we have mentioned before. Yeah. Ditto is this shapeshifter who just works at the office and he's kind of weird and like awkward. And I kind of like the idea of just a shapeshifter who's not like a superhero or a supervillain. He's just like an office drone who's a shapeshifter. <laughs> And he's kind of unsettling and off-putting. That seems like a Thor Daryl side movie that's not really part of the MCU. It's just a DVD extra. Well, I like <laughs> the idea of like, because adding things like minor characters who have powers but don't use them to be superheroes or supervillains, it adds dimension to the world. And we've seen that a little bit in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. too. We've seen that there are characters who just happen to be inhumans but don't like go around bothering anyone. Broadcasting it. Yeah. Or fighting or doing any of that stuff because like that's a choice that's like a life choice of being like a superhero or supervillain some people just might have powers and just go about their day and like yeah I'm just trying to live my life and I kind of like the idea of this kind of office weirdo who just happens to be a shapeshifter <laughs> and he could end up getting like recruited by the Avengers and he's like no I don't want to like fight for you guys I don't want to do any of that stuff I just and they're like fine you can just work at the building with Howard <laughs> Is ditto and the duck. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of like the idea of just populating the world with characters that add nuance to the world because this is becoming a fantasy world. This is like Lord of the Rings, but it's modern days and it's got superheroes, but it's an epic fantasy now. Yeah. And I think when you have that, you can just have trolls <laughs> hanging around in a pub. That's kind of part of it. And I feel like Ditto is one of those characters who's just like, it's just kind of there. <laughs> Yeah. But again, that's not the character that I was trying to think of. I've just completely forgotten who I was thinking of. <laughs> 
And it's bothering <laughs> me because there is a character. It's not Megan from Excalibur. She's a shapeshifter, too. There's a lot of shapeshifters in the Marvel Comics universe. Well, yeah, it's a pretty versatile power. You can use it for a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think that's kind of the... I think that's an episode <laughs> at this point. I think we've... Yeah, I think we've filled some time. <laughs> I think we've tapped the keg on the idea well here to mix some metaphors. Yeah, I think ultimately the lesson of this episode is don't necessarily focus on big names. You can have big name characters, but you can also make characters big name because you're the MCU, damn it. You can just make <laughs> characters big by using them. So if you have interesting characters... Nobody ever thought an Iron Man movie would work, and yet it did, and it launched this entire universe. Yeah, so, so just, just keep doing that. Yeah, focusing on some of the little guys. And also cast interestingly. Yeah. Give us a transgender character. Give us, you know, stuff that we don't see very much, because why not? You're the MCU. You can get away with taking some so-called <laughs> risks on casting. I think, honestly, Marvel Studios has the... Because the audience trusts Marvel at this point, and I think it's not that they can do no wrong, but it's that if they do little things to change the landscape of cinema, they can do it. Yeah, absolutely. I can't really think of any characters in Marvel Comics who are, for example, transgender, but still, you can just... It's not without the realm of possibility. Slightly tweak a character. We've seen the DC TV universe do that by introducing uh, Nia Null, who is an ancestor of Nura Null, a new character related to an established character who just happens to be transgender. And that's just part of the life of that character. And I think that's the way to do that sort of thing. Seep in little bits and pieces because the thing is, the more specifically the MCU casts actors who don't get to get jobs that much because there aren't that many characters like that and because they're not big names, the more the MCU casts unknown actors of underrepresented groups, the more chance there is that the A-list fills up with actors of underrepresented groups and therefore those actors can then from that get more jobs and from that get movies greenlit that allow them to get more work in larger roles and that allows us to prevent things like the Ghost in the Shell movie. That was exactly what I was thinking of. Where a Marvel actor who is white gets cast in the starring role and everybody gets mad because the reason why that happened was because there weren't any Asian female actors on the A-list who could get that movie greenlit. That movie wasn't about to get yeah. made. It was in a drawer. It was, this movie is not happening. And then Scarlett Johansson signs on and then you go, oh, this is a movie now. So instead of letting things like that happen, get ahead of the curve, put some more names out there, put some names on that list because that's a very white list right now. It's like white people in The Rock are on the A-list. That's a thing that I want to say, but that's... Right on. No, I 100% I agree with all of that. And I think if any studio is the one to put the impetus on that and put the importance on that and push that forward, it's definitely the MCU. I don't know if they will, considering they also would like to have A-list people lead their movies, but introduce them in some other character's movie first and then give them their own movie, putting them on the A-list. I 100% agree with that. Tom Holland wasn't on the A-list and he might end up there if he gets a couple more roles, thanks to Marvel. Yeah, exactly. So I 100% agree with that. Folks, that brings us to the end of the episode. If there are any characters that you would like to see in the MCU or any topics, any IPs that you think we should discuss on the show, you can send us an email at IPConsultantsPodcast at gmail.com or you can send us a tweet at 
IP Consult Pod, or leave us a message on Facebook at facebook.com slash IP Consult Pod. You can always, of course, find the podcast at ipconsultants.podbean.com. Episodes are appearing on YouTube slowly, but they're happening. And, of course, find us anywhere else on the World Wide Web. Real quick notice here, folks. This episode is going to be the last episode for a little bit because we are coming up on the Christmas holiday because of various things going on with us. We're taking the holidays off a bit because we're visiting family and whatnot, or at least I am. So we will be taking a brief hiatus while we get some more episodes recorded, and we will return on January 16th. I have been Ian. And I have been Vincent. And we are your IP consultants. We'll talk to you next time time. Have a tasteful tuna.